What a great song to sing right before a long-winded preacher. <laughs> it won't be long. Just remember the Lord's coming back. So, it's so good to see you today. Thank you so much for inviting me to come. Um, you've already been very gracious, uh, very encouraging, and we appreciate that so very, very much. If you've not met my wife, uh, Mary Lou, she is with me today. And I uh, hope you'll get a chance to meet her as well. And uh, she is the better three quarters now. We've been married um, about 43 years. And I uh, used to call her my better half. Now she's better three quarters. I'm uh, diminishing. and she, You know the story. But anyway, uh, glad she's here with me this week. So good to see each of you here. Appreciate so much your being here. If you're visiting and not a member of the Church of Christ, we're really glad that you've come. And if I say anything that you don't understand, maybe you disagree with, uh, you would be my friend if you would talk to me about those things, because it is, n- it is our intent to speak only God's Word. We're not here to talk about man's ideas, but God's wisdom. And I hope and pray that all that we present will be just that, God's wisdom. And it is God's wisdom that He has given unto us that we can hear and believe and obey and have the hope of eternal life. Again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Josh uh, got to come to Case and Lane when I was in Murfreesboro a few years ago. Got to be with them and Tiffany and appreciated them very, very much being there. Uh, You did the Devo, right? Is that what you did? Yes. And uh, appreciated him and his work. And I know that you appreciate them being here, and they appreciate you, and that makes for a great working relationship, and that's a wonderful thing. So a preacher comes in, doesn't know folks, doesn't know all the situation. Many times you can tell just in the very first few moments, um, the atmosphere, uh, the pleasantry, the idea of encouragement, uh, and that seems to be you, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, we're in a series of lessons discussing and talking about, I believe, things that will be very helpful and beneficial to us, and we're going to be talking about God's prescription for life's pains. As we tried to demonstrate in the first lesson, I think that it becomes very obvious to us all that Satan is behind all of our uh, difficulties and problems and especially the idea of our sin problem. And today we want to talk about the solution to that. And there is a prescription for that. And God has provided for us through His Son Jesus Christ a great physician. This particular analogy is used for us in the book of Mark chapter 2. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to that text, we'll read that in just a moment. But it is interesting that God uses a number of uh, analogies, uh, metaphors, as to uh, our salvation that He has planned before time began. He talks about the farmer who is a sower that sows seed. He talks about the vine grower and the vineyard. He talks about the fisherman. He talks about the physician. 
And in Mark chapter 2 and in verse 17, in hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I'm not a healer in any sense of the imagination. I'm but a human being like you that so desperately depends upon the great physician for all that we need and all that we must have in order to live eternally. I'm here to offer you what God offers you through that great physician. I hope and pray that after we talk about this lesson today that there's better results for myself. I've preached this lesson a number of times. At one particular time that I preached this in North Alabama, I wound up that afternoon in the emergency room and then wound up in ICU and had to spend a few days in the hospital. So I'm hoping that after I preach this lesson today that I won't have to do that. But you know, you never know. You never know in regards to this life what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what the next few moments will bring. It is now about 11.26. By 12 noon, we have no idea what life holds forth for us. This makes the urgency of the great physician so much more important to us. We're not promised another moment. We're not promised another week or month or year. We're all dependent upon this great physician. Well, when we consider the great physician, I think it's important that we understand that Jesus makes it very clear that he is talking metaphorically in this particular passage, and he's talking about sickness as being sin. And it is definitely true that if you're sick physically, and we had a pretty lengthy list of people that you know and that are part of this group that are physically having difficulties. And obviously, when you have physical difficulties, you need to go to a doctor. And they, they can be of great benefit and great help. But then when we talk about spiritually, sinners need the great physician. Now, I'm not saying and have not said anything thus far that you don't already know and agree with. But I hope to challenge you in this lesson today as to how much we do believe this. If I asked you the question, do you believe in God? I would hope that all of you would say, yes, I believe in God. But if I asked you the question, do you believe God? Do you really believe Him? Those are two different questions. Many say they believe in God, but they rarely ever 100% believe God. And what he says, to trust in him, to believe in him, to accept what he says. The remedy of our pains and life's pains and our sin problem. God does have the prescription for that. We must listen to that. We must give heed to that. We must do exactly what he says. And he can heal us. So as we examine this great... Idea. I think that it's important for us to understand Jesus came to the earth for the very purpose, for the very purpose of providing for us the healing of all of our spiritual diseases. Well, let's look at Psalms 41. Psalms 41 reveals to us, I believe, um, a, a, 
I think I help for us to see, and the Bible has many of these kinds of passages, but notice this statement in Psalms 41 in verse 4. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Just again, showing you the analogy that is used by God both in Old and New. The, the idea that we are sick. We need healing. Talking about our spiritual man. We are dual creatures. We have a physical and we have a spiritual. Someone says more rightly, we talk about our body having a soul. Rather, we should talk about our soul having a body. Because that's who we really are is a soul. It's a spirit. We're not really physical in the sense of that I've also got a spirit. Because the spirit is the ultimate. It is that which shall never die. It is that which is in the image of God. We have this physical just for a time. Just for a while. But our spirit, who we really are, forever. And yet we talk about, when we read these great passages, we find out that Jesus Christ came to heal us spiritually. The great text in Isaiah 53, many times this particular passage is read and studied and talked about when we're eating the Lord's Supper. And I want to just to refresh our memory just a bit from this great text. Isaiah chapter 53, beginning at verse 4. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. You remember those great words? Those great words... Help us to better understand why Jesus came to this earth. The very fact that He hung up on that cross for me. He hung up on that cross for you. And it was for our sins that we might be healed. Again, what we will be talking about this week, God's prescriptions for life's pains... No, we're not going to be talking about, nor are we going to be encouraging that we have some secret so you can get rid of cancer, uh, heart disease, or high blood pressure. We're talking about the spiritual man and God's prescription for that. Now, I will say this. There is no doubt in my mind that when we're right with the Lord and the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us of our sins, We walk in faith and trust and joy in God. Maybe your blood pressure won't be as high. But God does not offer us physical healing of all diseases because we believe He is the Son of God. But He does offer us complete spiritual healing when you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And you obey Him and serve Him with all that you have. When we consider the idea of Jesus Christ and all that He did, He died that we might be healed is for sure. And as we study and talk about this, let's bring to us a New Testament passage. In Ephesians chapter 1, I believe, 
great plan of God was even before the foundations of the earth that He would provide for us this great healing. Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise and to the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us. I love that word lavished. It's to really heap upon. Sometimes in gospel meetings there will be somebody that will make a cake and the cake that they have made, it has icing on it. And I'm not talking about just taking a knife and just dipping in the icing just a little bit and just smearing just a little bit that you could read a newspaper through. I'm talking about they take a great big old soup spoon and they get in that, that icing and they smear it all over there. And you've got to take a knife and a fork and cut through all the icing to get to any cake. That's lavished upon. When God, through Jesus Christ, forgives us and blesses us, He lavishes it up on us. He smears it on thick. And it's important we understand and appreciate the great forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. And at some point we will talk about this week the very idea, do you believe in God Do you believe God? And what we mean by that is, if you have, through the blood of Jesus Christ, been forgiven of your sins, do you appreciate how He has lavished upon you the blood of His Son, that you be forgiven and you're forgiven of all of your sins? Therefore, forgive yourself. God's forgiven you. Do not. In your life, in your thoughts, and in your actions. Make it seem as if Jesus' blood accomplished nothing for you. But we must trust in God that we have been forgiven. The great physician can do that for you. May I suggest to us as we think about this idea of the great and wonderful saving power of Jesus Christ. The gospel teaches us that Jesus Christ brought the good news to us. Look at this Mark uh, chapter 1 passage. And I hope that you have your Bibles, and I hope you do turn and read these passages with me. It's good for us to see the Word of God. It's good for us to read the Word of God. And it's good for us the Word of God puts an imprint on your heart that you can see these great words. Jesus said, Mark 1 verse 14... After John had been taken to custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. What is the good news? 
Well, the good news certainly was not that man was in sin. That was the bad news. The good news is, is that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One, the Anointed One of God, He has come and He is providing forgiveness. He's providing healing that you may be forgiven of all of your sins. That is the great and wonderful news that Jesus brought. And Jesus healed all. In Matthew the 8th chapter in verse 16. Now, I'm hoping to, to show you and demonstrate to you what Jesus did in miraculous, divine, physical healing and what message that sends to us. In Matthew the 8th chapter and verse 16, you notice the text, And when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. Healed all who were ill. That is going to be significant in our study. He healed all of them. In Matthew the 8th chapter and verse 14, Peter's mother-in-law was lying sick in the bed with a fever. Jesus comes and he heals her. Now, I've very um, smart eloquently, I guess, made the comment that Peter must have really loved his mother-in-law. He allowed the Lord to come and heal her. This might have been a good time for him to get rid of her. But Jesus came and he healed her. We also find in Scripture that The crippled were restored and the lame walking. Can you just imagine now just for a moment? Go back in time 2,000 years. Yea, bring Jesus now. If Jesus was here, literally, physically, and doing what He did 2,000 years ago, and everyone that's here, regardless of what it is, Type 2 diabetes, heart condition, high blood pressure, whatever, before you leave this building, you will be 100% healed of every physical disease, every problem. How many would be here this afternoon for services? Just a guess. Would you need to get here early? Would that word get out? How many will we have tomorrow night? How many are we going to have Tuesday night? You see, that's what Jesus was doing in the first century. He would go into a place. And he might only heal one person to start with. That word got out. Everybody that was sick from everywhere, from Tyre and Sidon, from wherever they were, they would come and what did they want? They wanted to be healed of Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Everyone that came to Him, the text says many times, everyone that came to Him, regardless of the problem, regardless of their difficulty, He healed every single one of them. Did Jesus come to earth to heal all the physical sick? No. What was His message? May I suggest to us, People had such great faith in Jesus because he was doing this healing that this one woman said, you know, if if I could just touch his garment, I would be healed. Now, let me ask you a question. Did she believe in God or did she believe God? If Jesus Christ was literally here, 
there would be such a crowd. My guess is just the physicality of him being able to go around and lay his hands upon each person and each person receive a complete 100% healing of body. There would be such a crowd that he could not get to every single person. And yet, what does this story illustrate to us? That those folks that came to him had a faith. They had a belief that he was the great physician and that he could heal them. And they believed so much so that if they could just touch just the hem of his garment, they would be healed. Was this woman healed? She was healed. And she had been to physical doctors many, many times and had... Rather, lost all of her money and yet had gotten worse. This story in Luke chapter 5 is just unbelievable. There is such a crowd of people. And there is this man on a cot and his friends are bringing him. Now, I don't think... This is not a tile roof, is it? But just, just pretend... Remember back when we didn't have all the electronic stuff and we actually pretended and we played, you know, without junk? But anyway, can you imagine we're in this room this afternoon? Jesus Christ is healing all sorts of people and it's just packed. It's, 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 it's elbow to elbow, it's shoulder to shoulder. And somebody cuts a hole in the roof and lets a guy down on a pallet just to get in proximity to the Lord. Can you imagine that happening? Jesus sees that happening. He is greatly impressed by the faith of them. Them. The ones that's letting him down and the one on the bed. Them. Do you notice that? And then what Jesus does is immediately say, your sins are forgiven. There's no indication that the guy laying on the bed came to have his sins forgiven. You follow me? This is the first thing Jesus says. Your sins are forgiven you. Well, the Pharisees that were there, they began to think within themselves. Who is this man that does such blasphemous things and saying that forgiving sins? Who can do that? He hears their thoughts. Another evidence of his divine being. That he is the son of God. He comments to their thoughts. And he says, which is easier to do? It's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven, or take up your bed and walk. Now, if you ask me, when the invitation song is sung, you come forward and you say to me, I need you to heal me of all my physical ailments, or to forgive me of all of my sins. Guess what I'm going to say to both of those questions? No can do. I can't do either one of those. I can't heal you physically. I cannot heal you spiritually. That's not within me. But who could say that? The Son of God. Why was He healing all the people? In this passage, we see God's wisdom. He did that to show them, if I can heal all of your physical diseases, I can heal you spiritually. He said, your sins are forgiven. Now take up your pallet and walk. And the man picked up his pallet and he walked. What did that prove? 
that Jesus is the great physician. To do what? To heal all my physical? No. To heal me spiritually. The beauty of this great story in the Luke, the seventh chapter, this is a beautiful, beautiful passage. Please take the time to read this story. Usually in gospel meetings, I will preach just this story as a lesson of great healing and forgiveness. This woman is called a sinner. She goes to Simon's house. He is a Pharisee. He is an arrogant, pompous, thinks he's better than anybody else guy. He invited Jesus to come for supper. And he's really invited Jesus just to um, be kind of showboat. You know, that he has the great one that is the hot item of the day. Has him into his home. But he does nothing but... Treat him disrespectfully. But in this great story, as Jesus is lying, ready to eat, this woman comes up behind him. And she begins crying. And she wets his feet with her tears. And she takes her hair and she wipes his feet. She takes very costly perfume and she anoints his feet with oil. And Simon never says a word about this woman, except in his heart. Simon in his heart says, to, he says, if this man, Jesus, is who he says he is, surely he would know that she is a sinner, and that he would have nothing to do with her. Jesus, again, knows what I, uh, he's thinking. And he asks this question. Simon, there was uh, two men that owed, and he lists how much they owed in denarii, one little, one a lot. The man forgave both debtors. Which one loved him the most? And Simon replied, I'm, I, I guess the one that was forgiven the most, the 500 denarii. And Jesus says, you have said correctly. But he says, I want you to see this woman. Now, you get the picture here. Jesus is here. This woman is crying. She's wiping his feet. The the perfume was of such a nature, this uh, aromatic, this this specialty perfume, that when this vase was burst or opened up, it would just like, bam! It just would hit the whole area with this smell because it was so concentrated and so perfumey, so smelly. You could not have missed her or seen her or smelled her in this situation. Jesus looks to the woman, but he's talking to Simon. And he says, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't do anything for me that you should have done. And this woman has done everything above and beyond, gone the extra mile. I say to her, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. I want to suggest something to you very, very important. Every chance Jesus got is recorded in the Gospels. When He encounters these pious better than thou attitude Jews. He skinned them. 
Because they thought they had not sinned much and they didn't need much from God because in and of ourselves we are great. And may I very humbly say to all of us Church of Christers that we be very careful as to whom we think we are. We are nothing but saved sinners by the grace of the great physician. We have no right to be haughty or arrogant towards any other living soul. Thank God that He was merciful and kind to me to forgive me. How many sins have you ever committed? Fifty? Five hundred? Remember scientific notation? 5.3 times 10 to the 100th? How many sins have we committed? Do you know what Jesus, do you know what Jesus came to demonstrate? By healing all the physical sickness, regardless of what it was, He can heal all of our spiritual diseases. All of them. This woman went away forgiven. What a beautiful lesson for us. There were so many other great things that Jesus did. In fact, John said, if, if all the things that were written, said, I, I, talking in a hyperbole, I'm sure, that the world could not contain the books. Only a few things were saw, uh, told or, or uh, recorded for us. And yet John goes ahead and says earlier, he says the things that were written were written for our learning. For our teaching were written so that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So here's the two great opposing lessons for today. This morning, the one lesson you must learn. The devil is the tempter. He is the evil, deceiving one that will lead you down the road of death. We each make a choice to either follow Him or the great physician that can heal you of all your sin problems. Jesus Christ does not offer us today, by being a Christian, that you'll never have cancer, you'll never have heart disease, you'll never have a wart, you'll never have any physical problems. But what He does promise, He will promise you the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do you believe in God? Do you believe God? When Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe God? Do you? Well, you see what happened to Eve when she didn't believe God. She got into a heap of trouble. While we do not bear, we do not inherit her sin, or Adam's sin, we do bear the consequence. We die physically. We die spiritually. And whoever you are at an age of accountability, that is, come to an age to know right and wrong, to understand the significance of when God says, do this, you need to do it. When God says, don't do this, then you understand, don't do that. 
When you come to understand that there is a heaven and there is a hell, that this life that we live in is is small, it's little, it's insignificant compared to eternity. When you come to understand the significance of death, then and only then can you appreciate the great physician. Jesus Christ is the great physician. He is the answer. He is the prescription to all of life's pains and difficulties. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Do you believe God? Listen to me. Are you weary? Are you struggling? Are you dealing with sin in your life? Is it driving you nuts? Has the devil just kicked you up and down the road a dozen times? And he doesn't care for you. He doesn't care for your family. He doesn't care about your children. He doesn't care about your grandchildren. All he cares is he wants to bring pain to your life. Shame and guilt. You need to come to the great physician. He will heal you. Do you believe that? All sinners. The gospel is to be preached to all creation. King James says, every creature. Matthew says, make disciples of all the nations. Everybody. Black, white, green, polka dotted, fat, skinny, rich, poor, ugly, and Pretty ugly. God shows no partiality with anybody. In fact, He loves everybody. Will that news get out today? You see, if Jesus Christ was physically here and He was healing all the physical sick, you already admitted how many would be here this afternoon. You know what's more important than getting your physical sickness healed? Do you know how many people out there are sin sick? They're dying. And there is an answer for that. There is a prescription for that. There is a healing for that. Paul said to the Colossians that all of our sins are forgiven. John said, if we're willing to confess, he's willing to forgive us all unrighteousness. Do you believe in God? Do you believe God? Has the great physician healed you? If he has healed you. He has healed you completely. We pray sometimes for brethren, for others. And rightly so. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for Joe. Please restore a portion of his health. Why don't we pray for 100% healing? Why a portion? Dear Lord, just give him 25% back. Why would we pray that? 
would we go to Jesus and say, just forgive me of 25% of my sins? How much do you want forgiven? All of them. What will Jesus do? All of them. You can leave this building today completely healed from every sin. And if you walk out that door today without being healed, it's your fault. The great physician calls. He invites all to come. Won't you come as we stand and sing?